Hey folks, welcome once again to Discipleship Garage. Today's segment's going to be just a little bit different. I'm going to kind of call this life chat. Just want to take some time, um, maybe once a week, every other week. I don't know. We'll see how it goes um, as we go along and just and just stop and talk for just a few minutes. Um, we're going through, we're studying right now through the book of Mark, but we're studying the word and we're getting up and we're, and we're putting our lives before the Lord and we're seeking after him and we want to follow him. We want to grow. And the, the word is very important to that. It, don't get me wrong. It is vital to that. If we don't spend time in the word, getting to know who Jesus is, not necessarily about him, but getting to know who he is and what he has for us and the power that he's, um, and that he's given us for our lives, then we're going to be lost. But I also want to just take some time every once in a while to just really kind of talk about what life looks like sometimes. Because the reality is, as we press forward into God, there's something pressing back. The Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against principalities, against the uh, forces in the, in the heavenlies, in the unseen realms. So there's a battle going on in the spiritual over our lives and over our souls. There's, there's forces that go against everything that God has for us and that would have us to walk in. And sometimes it takes its toll in life. Um, we feel that. We don't necessarily always see it, but we feel it. Um, and I've talked to a handful of people this week, um, myself included, who have just really felt like, you know, for whatever reason, it just feels like the battle has intensified. Like every day that I, I wake up with my eyes, to, with the desire to fix my eyes on Christ, that life is beating back. That The world is just kind of pounding back. And I just wanted to talk about that for a bit because it can be frustrating. Um, and for someone who's new in their faith and just starting to walk it out, it can be really, really discouraging that, well, because we've got all these ideas about what it is to follow Jesus and our culture and our society, um, and not bashing anybody, but there's so many, um, big name preachers. You, you can turn on the television and you can find preachers, um, pretty much every day of the week, there's entire channels devoted to it and not all, but some of the messages are like, if you follow Jesus, your life's going to be good. You're going to get that house. You're going to get that job. You're going to get all the things you want it. If you just pray hard enough, if you just claim God's promises, everything's going to be good for you. Everything's going to go just the way you want it to. Your relatives will never die. Your kids will never go astray. You'll never have a financial issue. You'll never have a bad day. And folks, that's not always their experience. Um, I guess for some people that, that looks to be true. Um, man, if I had them, be, if I had them behind closed doors, just me and them, I'd probably challenge them on some things. Because I don't know as if everything's always as rosy as people want it to be. Um, so I want to talk about that for just a little bit. Because there's times when you're chasing after God with everything you've got. And it seems like it's just not working. Um, but folks, the one thing that we've got to know is it's not something that works or doesn't work. It's a journey of faith. It's not that you can say, oh, I tried God and he doesn't work. You can't try him. You yield to him. You can't test God out and see, oh, is this God thing going to work for me? No, you've got to give your life to him and let him do what he wants to do. And the problem is that happens so many times. People will, will, will hear a message. They'll, they'll feel the drawing of God and they'll say, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. But then things get tough. Um, things get, there, there's struggles that pop up and they're like, God, I thought you were going to watch over me. I thought you were going to protect me. And it doesn't feel like he is. Um, it can be one of those, I mean, maybe it's a situation where it's like you come to God and then it's like, God, okay, I give you my life. You take and do what you want. And then the next month you get an eviction notice or next month you get the, you get the layoff notice at work and now the rent's not paid. Now you're trying to figure out how you're going to make the car payment. The car gets repossessed. And now how am I going to feed my kids? Where are we going to live? God, where are you in the midst of all of this? 
And folks, sometimes it gets us walking our brains down a, down, down a road that it's tough to get back from sometimes. It, it's one of those places we get in those spots and it's difficult to see the truth and to find hope. And it's if we're not careful to guard our thoughts, we can actually find ourselves in a, in a place of hopelessness. And I'm not saying that that's where I'm at, but I know um, in some conversations with some folks and some friends this week that, you know, this journey with Christ, when you set your mind to follow him and turn your back on the ways of the world, it's not always as easy as some people would want you to think. And quite honestly, it's not as easy as some people make it look. I had a friend of mine um, send me a message yesterday when we were chatting. He goes, um, we were talking about our struggles. And I said, man, I get it. I'm struggling too. Um, I struggle with some things. Um, but I keep my eyes fixed on Christ and I keep on walking. And the response he gave to me really kind of sobered me for, for a bit. And he says, but you make it look so easy. Um, and the reality is, folks, that's what we do sometimes. Those, it, we don't necessarily want to put all our dirty laundry out there. We don't want to let people know that we're struggling because our society says you've got to be strong. You've got to press on. Um, that whole idea of real men don't cry and just kind of suck it up and you keep on moving, you shake it off, and whatever comes your way, you just keep going forward. Folks, that doesn't always work. Um, reality is, um, it takes a real man to cry. It takes a man of God to cry. Jesus wept. Um, it's shortest verse in the Bible, so often used out of context, not going to go there right now. But in the face of the circumstances Jesus was looking at, not the loss of his friend, I promise you that, but the, but in the face of what Jesus was seeing, he wept. He walked, he walked down the hill looking into Jerusalem, and he, and he cried out, and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who murder the prophets, how I've longed to gather you together, but you wouldn't listen. Um, Jesus was heart was broke. He wept. I mean, in the garden, he cried, cried and wept bitterly. He was in such anguish that he sweat drops of blood because he was so tormented over what was coming. So yeah, real men will cry. If you actually get, I promise you, if you actually start to see things the way God does, you'll cry more than you probably have before. Um, there's times when I do that myself, but we so often we don't share the tough stuff we're going through. In reality, is people need to hear that, you know, sometimes there's going to be struggles. There's going to be questions that come. Folks, there's going to be times when you're going to sit back and say, God, are you even there? Do you even exist? Um, really, I had about a 20-minute time frame where my brain just kind of, I got overwhelmed and my brain just kind of spiraled down this road. And it said, it said, what if this is all just fake? What if, what if everything I say I believe is a lie? What if, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm leading people astray? What have I done to my family? What if I'm missing the mark? So many questions just in a moment of heartache just bombarded me and almost felt overwhelming. Um, I sat there on the couch. I closed my eyes. I prayed and I cried. And I, I didn't even really know what to say, but, it was, but God knew exactly what was going on. And folks, I want you to know those things, it happens. Just because we give our lives to Christ doesn't mean everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Jesus said with his disciples in John chapter 16, verses 33, um, this is right before Jesus starts praying for his disciples and praying for the believers that will come. This is within hours of his, um, of his arrest heading off to his crucifixion. And Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have trials. You will have difficulties. You will get beat up, but be of good cheer or take heart. Hold on. I have overcome the world. Folks, the world, it's going to beat at us. 
when you start to follow Christ, you're going to change and that's going to make people uncomfortable. They're not going to, there's people that aren't going to want to be around you. There's people that'll mock you, but there's going to be times when you'll step back and say, am I really on the right track? Quite honestly, folks, there's going to be times when you miss the mark. There's going to be times when you may just blow it big time. And then the thoughts come, well, here I am failing again. I promise you, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you stand back up and fix your eyes on Christ, as long as there's breath left in your lungs, you have not failed. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose. We keep up and keep going. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, speaking of God, says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that reference is back to a couple of different verses. Um, there's one in Genesis. There's one in um, in Joshua when when um, the mantle is being passed to Joshua. The leadership of a nation is being passed to Joshua. But as I was looking at those, there's one that really, really spoke out. And it's in First Chronicles 28, 20. Um, it's David talking to his son Solomon. So King David, um, he really just, he, he was... I mean, he was a man after God's own heart. We could study David for months and months and months, but he messed up a lot. He made some pretty big mistakes, um, but he was still, he, he would always come back to God. Um, if you read the Psalms, you see his heartache at times, his anguish, um, but his faith and his trust in God. So David's a really good person to listen to, um, but David had a desire to build the temple of God. He decided to, he had a desire to build this place where God's, where God could rest on earth, that place on earth where God could dwell and encounter man and man could encounter God. But because of the blood that was on his hands, because of the wars he had fought, God said, you can't do it. But he promised him, your son, your son will. And that's the exchange we see right here at the very beginning. David's talking to his son Solomon about um, building the temple. And David says to his son, he says, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. And as I was reading that this morning, it really just hit me, folks. God's building his house. So in that time, God had a physical place. It was the temple. That's where his glory dwelt. That's where his presence was. If people wanted to encounter him, that's where they had to go. But Jesus changed all that. When Jesus went away, um, he, sent, he, he sent the Holy Spirit back. So God no longer dwells in temples built with hands, but now he desires to live in temples made of flesh. He chose broken, um, flawed flesh to dwell in. He lives by choice in us when we surrender to him because his son paid the price to make that possible. So when David's talking to his son about building a place for the Lord, folks, hear those words for you as you're seeking to follow Christ is you are built as you are letting him build you into the temple, that dwelling place of his presence, that dwelling place of his glory. So that when people encounter you, when they come to you, it's not that you're God, but in you is God. Jesus is in you. So that when people encounter you, they encounter the presence of God. You and I are the tabernacles of God on this earth. We are the place he chooses to dwell. So as David says these words, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work 
for the service of the house of the Lord. Folks, he's living in us and he's working in us and he's building us. He's not going to let us go until he has accomplished everything he desires to do in us if we will yield to him. You can put stumbling blocks in his way. You can put things in his way that'll stop it. You can say, God, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do this. I won't. And he won't. He's not going to overrun you. But if you yield to God, if you say, God, my life is yours. I don't get it all the time. I don't understand it. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I have questions. Sometimes I have doubts. Sometimes I wonder if you even hear me. But God, I will be built into the house that you have called me to be built into. And let him work. He will not let you fail. He will work in you for the service of his house of the Lord. So he can dwell in you. He will continue to dwell in you. And folks, as you yield to him, he will build in you, but he'll draw He'll draw you to other believers. And together, the, the houses of God are built into the body of Christ. And through that building, we draw together, we work together, we encourage each other, we strengthen each other, but we draw together. And through him, through his power, through his grace, through his merciful love that comes into us and flows out of us, folks, we can change the world. We can change the people around us. We can change our towns. We can change our workplaces our cities, we can make a difference because God desires that no one should perish apart from him, but he wants his love to be displayed. The Bible says that they will know us by our love, not by the things we say, not by the good things that we did, not by how much money we give to charity, but they will know us by our love and our actions flow out of our love. But our, but if we can do actions without from love, but as we let God build us, no matter what comes against us, he will never leave us or forsake us. If I, That's the one thing, the one thought I want to leave you with today. Whatever you're facing, whatever you've walked through, whatever you're walking through, he will never leave. He will never forsake you. If you yield to him, no matter what your life looks like, no matter how bad it appears, he promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's not even as much of a promise as it, as, it, as it is a fact. And when we take those facts that are promises of God, the things that we know are true, he says he'll never leave us, therefore I know he will never leave us. God said it and God cannot lie. He is perfect. He is incapable of lying and he said I will never leave you or forsake you. So whether I feel it or not, I stand and I walk forward knowing that God is with me. Even when he feels like he's miles away, I know, God, you are with me and I will walk forward. I will shake myself. I will walk forward in obedience even if I never feel your presence again. God, I will walk forward knowing you will never leave me. Folks, that's faith. Faith isn't walking based on our feelings. It's taking the word of God that we know is true and stepping into it and walking out in it. Are we going to struggle at times, folks? I promise. Look at the disciples. 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred for their faith. Jesus was beaten and crucified. Paul was stoned and shipwrecked and in prison. Um, John was boiled in oil and banished to an island. Um, the disciples were beaten, put in prison. Come on, folks. This is what happened to those people who followed God with everything they were. We're not going to get out of it. Jesus isn't, didn't come to give us some rosy, sunshiny life. He came to transform our lives and through us flip the world upside down. 
with his love and his goodness. Folks, if they were willing to take beatings and martyrdom and prison and boiled in oil and banishment and all the stuff the disciples went through, all the stuff the apostles went through, but they kept on worshiping, they kept on serving, they kept on praising. And there's people around the globe dying today for the sake of following Christ. Folks, there has to be something to it. There has to be something real there. So let's put our faith in action and we'll stand on truth and we'll walk forward and we will not grow discouraged. We will not be dismayed. We will shake ourselves when we have to. We'll fix our eyes on God and say, God, I don't care how I feel. I don't care how it looks. I'm following you. I will walk in obedience and I will trust you because he will never leave us. Heavenly Father, I just so thank you for the truth, the facts that are found in your word, your truth that you give to us that we can know no matter what life feels like you are with us, no matter what we encounter, you will never leave us. No matter how bad it gets and how dark the night gets, joy comes in the morning because my God, my God will never leave me and my God has already won the victory. What can man do to me? They can strip this life away from me, but praise God, they will only usher me into his presence. But I will take whatever comes against me in joy and rejoicing because God, I know that whether if it doesn't take me out, it just makes me grow closer to you. If they don't kill me, I will rise up stronger. I will rise up more joyful. I will rise up knowing you more because God, I know what you've done for me in my life to this point. You have not failed me yet. And I know you won't going forward, but every time I tell you test that every time my faith is tested and approved and I stand and I see you faithful and I see you unfailing God, I will stand that much stronger. I will get that much louder. I will not back down. I will not be quiet. The worst that can happen is this life on this earth can be taken from me. But as Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I leave here, I know I will see your face in glory and I will walk forward no matter what. God, I thank you for your word, for your life. Jesus, I just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to burn this truth into the heart and soul of each and every person that is watching, that they would stand and say, my God will not fail me. Father, I thank you for your goodness, for your love and your truth. We will walk. We will shine forth your light and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.